Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Reading from verse number 20, the Bible tells us, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one at your right hand and the other on the left hand in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? They said to him, We are able. So he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand or my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for whom it is prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whosoever desire to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whosoever desire to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Before we go into the message this morning, a couple of things I want to bring out from this verse of the scripture. One of the things I want you to understand is that Jesus was sharing with his disciples the key to supernatural greatness. The key that will make an individual to be able to sit in the place of authority in the kingdom of the Almighty God. So he was telling them the key to the supernatural turnaround in the life of an individual. And so in the passage that we read, we see the first thing that we see from that passage that we read was the unusual request of a very misguided mother. A very unusual request. The Bible said the mother of David's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking. And what was he asking? He said, please make sure that when you get into your kingdom, this my baby boy will be on your right, and this my baby boy will be on your left. And Jesus said, is that so? You think that's the way we do this business here? <laughs> if that is the way we do business here, you think you probably have to come with something. You have to kind of wet the ground, you know? But that was the most unusual request of a mother. And in response to that unusual request of the mother of the, uh, the two sons of Zebedee, Jesus told the misguided mother that you don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea what you are asking. You don't know what you are requesting. Basically, Jesus was telling her that you are ignorant and you don't know the costs of being in the place of authority. You don't know the cost of greatness. You don't know the cost of being in the position of power in the house of the Almighty God. You don't know. And that's why you are asking that particular question. After that, after Jesus told this misguided mother that she was ignorant of the true cost of greatness, Jesus now gave them an idea of what they are asking for. He's saying that, hey, you are asking to sit in the position of authority. Let me ask you this. Do you know the, the true cost of greatness? 
Let me give you an idea of what it's going to cost you to get there. The true cost of greatness. Jesus was saying that. He said, do you know? He said, you don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Are you willing to go through? Are you able to go through what I'm going through? You want to be in a position of authority. You want to have the cameras in front of you. You want to have all those things going for you. He said, are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized? Be baptized with the baptism that I'm about to be baptized with. And you know what Jesus was saying? Greatness is not something that is handed out by candy. It's not handed out because your mama says, okay, uh, can you please uh, do something for my boy? He said, that's not the way this thing works. This thing does not work because you are able to lobby your way. He said, you don't know. He said, this thing called greatness is costly. There's a cost associated with it. Jesus then asked them, are you willing to pay the price of greatness? Are you willing to pay the price of the anointing? Are you willing to pay the price of leadership? Are you willing to pay the price of the visibility, the authority that God bestows upon the people that are close to him? Can you drink the cup? Are you willing to be baptized with a baptism that will result in greatness? That was the question Jesus was asking them. And because these boys were rash and ignorant like their mother, they answered yes. They don't know what is sitting down there. They just say, oh, Jesus Christ, that, oh yeah, yeah, we can drink your cup. Is it small? Is it not the cup? We'll take it. Just don't worry about it. We'll do whatever you want to do. We just want to sit on the right and left. Okay, you want to do it? Because they had no clue. Because they didn't understand what Jesus was asking them and what was going to be involved, the Bible makes us understand that they answered yes. And Jesus now told them, okay, you want to be baptized, you will be baptized. You want to know what it takes to sit there, you will know it. But to sit down there, it is not for me to give to you. It's not a candy. It's not something that I hand out to people. Greatness is not something that is handed out to anybody. Greatness is not handed out. Greatness is earned. It's something you have to work for. It's something you have to earn. It's something that you have to be deserving. And that's why Jesus Christ said, it will sit at my right hand or my left hand. It's not for me. It's not mine to give. He said, it is for those whom it is prepared for. In other words, there is a preparation that is required for you to be able to ascend the place of leadership, the place of authority, the place of greatness. Supernatural turnaround is not just something that we hand out because I like your face, or because you cried a lot, or because you are the most person that complained a lot, or because you have the biggest connection, and you are able to send your mother to come and beg for the position. No! He said, that is not the way. He said, you have to earn it. He said, to sit on my right hand or my left hand is not what I give. It is for those for whom it has been prepared. After Jesus told his misguided disciples and their mother the cost of leadership, the cost of greatness, he now turned to the disciples and said, you see these two people don't follow their example or they don't know what they're asking. He said, for the rest of you, if you really want to sit at my right hand and at my left hand, if you really want to enjoy the place of prominence, he said, here is the key to greatness. And Jesus now shared with them the key to supernatural turnaround. The key to supernatural creation. In verse number 26 of Matthew 20, the Bible tells us that, it says, Yet it shall not be among you. Whosoever desire to be great among you, say, let him be your servant. Whosoever want to sit at my right hand or sit at my left hand, let him be your servant. He said, whosoever desire to be first among you, when the role is being called, when that person wants to, person wants to stay in the limelight, he said, let him be the slave. This is what is referred to in the scripture as the paradox. When Jesus said that if you want to be rich, give out all your money. He said, something is wrong with this guy. If you want to be on top, you have to be beneath. He said, no, definitely you are smoking something. 
The point is that Jesus was sharing with his disciples that this is the secret. The key to greatness. Jesus is telling his disciples that the key to sitting on the right hand and on the left hand of the throne of God, the key to greatness, the key to supernatural turnaround is not received by lobbying. It's not when you call your mother to come and talk to the pastor. That's when you get the position on the top. No, Jesus says no. He says not by self-promotion. It's not when you claim it or you say it. The key to greatness is not when you act like a sacrifice. He said the key to greatness is not asking people to, it's not loving your way. It's not self-promotion. It's not true. It's not by psychophancy. No, Jesus is telling his disciples, he said the key to sitting at the right hand of God, the key to enjoying the place of prominence, the key to greatness is true kingdom service. Whoever wants to be first among you must be willing to serve. He said that is the key. Kingdom service is the key to supernatural turnaround. Kingdom service is the key to turning things around in the life of anyone. As a redeemed child of God, you are entitled to a change of story. You are entitled to a visitation that will turn your story around. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of Luke chapter 13. In Luke 13, if you read from verse number 18, the story is that Jesus Christ healed a woman on a Sabbath day. A woman was tied down for 18 years. The Bible says that Jesus Christ saw her and decided to heal her. And the rulers of the synagogue were pissed off. And Jesus now said in verse number 16, Jesus said, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loose on the Sabbath? In other words, are you telling me that the daughter of Abraham is not qualified for deliverance? Are you telling me that the daughter of Abraham is not qualified to be loosed from the works of the enemy? Are you telling me that the daughter of Abraham is not qualified to be set free from the, from the shackles of the enemy on the Sabbath day? That tells you Jesus is saying, this woman deserves the experience of freedom. She deserves to be delivered. She deserves a change of story. This daughter of Abraham deserves a supernatural turnaround. And my friends, and my brothers and sisters, me and you, we are sons and daughters of Abraham. And if you have accepted Lord Jesus Christ, the benefit of the cross is yours. And that supernatural turnaround is supposed to be part of your story. And you and I will experience that supernatural turnaround. But you must understand that you do not experience supernatural change of story through self-promotion. You don't do it through lobbying. You don't do it by being a psychopath. You don't do it by crying in the presence of the Almighty God. No, it is not how much you cry. Supernatural turnaround is delivered to you when you have and you know how to use the right keys. The point I'm making is that your supernatural turnaround, your change of story in life is delivered to you when you are using the right keys. So your supernatural turnaround is delivered to you when you know and you are using the right key. That's why Jesus Christ said in the book of Matthew chapter 16, in verse number 19, he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What do you think Jesus is talking about? He's talking about the mysteries of the kingdom that opens the doors of heaven. He's talking about the principles upon which the kingdom operates. That when you apply those principles, doors open for you. You get the idea? 
You must understand the principles. You must understand the mysteries of the kingdom for you to be able to access the blessings. Your supernatural turnaround, therefore, in any department of your life is delivered to you when you access the doors of that area of your life with the right key. And you must know the keys for you to be able to possess and use it. So change is delivered to you when you access the right doors with the right keys. Please understand that. Christianity is not difficult. It's a very simple, simple thing. Very simple thing. You, all you have to do is to educate yourself. To know what you need to do to be able to possess it. Change is delivered when you access the right door with the right thing. The question is, what are the keys that open the door to supernatural turnaround in every area of our life? What are the keys? What are the keys that must open the turnaround that you are looking for? Today we are going to look at the second key that opened the door of supernatural turnaround for us. And that key is the key of kingdom service. Look at Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45, reading from verse number 19, the Bible tells us something there. He said, I have not spoken in secrets in dark places of the earth. He said, I did not say to Jacob, seek me in vain. In other words, he said, the things I'm telling you right now, they are not secrets. They are open for everybody to know. They are open for you to see. They are open for you to understand if you are interested. He said, I have not spoken in secret in dark places of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, seek me in vain. In other words, the Lord is saying, when I invited you to walk with me, when I invited you to be part of my family, when I invited you to serve me, I did not say you should do it for nothing. I'm not saying serve me and you don't get any reward. No, nobody will do it. Why would I wake up in the morning and come to church here and be jumping up and down, jumping up and down if there's no blessing? I mean, there has to be something that will motivate me. Maybe that's not the real reason why we do it. We do it because we love God. But in the process, God is saying, I did not say to the seed of Jacob to seek me in vain. I'm not asking you not to serve me because if you serve me, there will be reward. There will be a blessing. There is something that is attached. When you serve God, you are not doing God a favor. You are doing yourself a favor. So he said, if you serve me, you will receive a turnaround on your story. And that's why the Bible tells us in the book of Job chapter 36. If you start reading from verse number 11, Job said, he said, if you obey and serve him, they spend their days in prosperity and in pleasure. In other words, I am asking you for your own good. When you walk with me, these are the benefits. These are the benefits. I'm not asking you to come and you walk and I'll be owing you money or I'll be owing you this. I'm not saying no. If you serve him, you obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. But if you do not obey, they will perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. And that is what is happening especially in the church. The people that have the resources of heaven are dying without the knowledge of the Almighty God. They are not benefiting from what God has already made available for them. Why? Because they chose not to understand. They chose not to access the resources that God has made available for them. In other words, the Bible is telling us, service in the kingdom is always rewarded. If you serve me, I will bless you. That's what basically what God is saying. If you serve me, I will reward you. If you serve me, I will change your story. And the question is, what is this kingdom service that we're talking about? What are we talking about? And why is it important? Kingdom service is simply walking on behalf of the Almighty God. It's basically serving in His vineyard. 
It's basically ministering to others on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's basically adding value to other people. You see a need in the life of somebody, you feel that need. Not in your name, but in the name of God. You see, I'm blessing you because God has blessed me. I'm helping you because God has helped me. I'm doing this because of God. You are adding value to others in the name of God. You are promoting and extending the kingdom, the reach of the kingdom of God. In other words, we are telling other people, I have seen where you can get life. I have seen where you can enjoy the benefit. Come and enjoy it with me. Service in the kingdom is not just giving to people. It's not just going to distribute clothes to the homeless. It's not just going to provide food in the shelter. No, it is also promoting and extending the reach of the kingdom of God. You are telling people, here is a place where you can find life. I'm showing it to you. Here is a place where you can find eternal security. I'm showing it to you. Here is a place where you can find rest for your soul. I'm showing it to you. So serving in the kingdom, kingdom service, is promoting the kingdom. When you say, Lord, I'm going to extend your name. It is extending the reach of the kingdom by preaching to other people and telling them about Christ. Now, if the kingdom service is doing the work of God, ministering to others and promoting and extending the kingdom of God, why should you, why should I be involved in it? Why? Why should you be involved in kingdom service? My brothers and sisters, we get involved in kingdom service because it is a command. You are commanded to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's a command. We are involved in kingdom service because it is required. Service in the kingdom of God is required. It's not an option. Jesus Christ did not call his people to sit down and to watch. We are never called to be consumers. We are called to be participants. So it is required. We are involved in kingdom because service is rewarded. The Bible makes us understand that thy father, which sees in secrets, shall reward you openly. You will get involved in service. Not only that, engagement in service also grants you access. The Bible tells us, Matthew 28, 20. It says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. He said, lo, I am with you, even unto the end. That tells you one thing. As you are going, he is with you. If you are not going, then he's not with you. He said, if you go, he is with you, and he will confirm the word with signs and wonder. That means, for the signs and wonders to be confirmed, you have to be going. If you are not going, then he's not with you. So, access is granted by service. The more you are serving him, the more his presence will be with you. And not only that, you sustain. Service sustains divine flow. Scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it stretches out the grain. As long as you are involved in the service, the resource that is required to keep the service going is provided. As long as you are involved in that service, as long as you are working in that particular organization, let's just stop for a second and look at the company where you are working right now. You go to that place of work. You are a legitimate employee. As long as you are working in that company, they will continue to provide all the resources and the materials that you need to do what? To do the job. They will keep providing it. But the day they terminate your employment, what happened? Your computer is gone. Your phone is gone if they give you a phone. For you to continue to enjoy the provision that your company is making available to you, you must continue to do what? Remain in their service. You must continue to remain employed by them. If you want to enjoy the provision of heaven and continue to enjoy the flow of the resources of heaven, you must continue to remain engaged in the service of the master. It's a very simple thing. These are some of the reasons why you and I should get involved in service. 
But some of you asking, what is so special about kingdom service? Why is kingdom service so powerful that it's able to cause a turnaround in your situation? How does the service in the kingdom of God change your situation? How does it turn your situation around? How does it give you the power that changes your story? Kingdom service is able to do that because number one, kingdom service is a proof of your submission to the almighty God. So, kingdom service has the ability to turn your life around because number one is a proof of your submission. Number two is a proof of your dedication to the Almighty God. Number three is a proof of your conviction that God is able to reward those who serve Him. Number four, it's a proof of your affection that you love God and you are willing to work for Him. That you love God and you are willing to serve Him. That you love God and you are willing to extend His kingdom to the lives of other people. Not only that, but most importantly, the kingdom service has the power to change our life, change our story, because it tells us it's a proof of where our value lies. What you consider to be important. If you consider the things of God important, you will find that your time is in there. If God and everything about God is important, you will be involved in service. If God and everything that is about God is important to you, you give your time to service. And the more involved you are in kingdom service, the more God pays attention to you. The more he responds to you. The more he hears what you say. And the blessings associated with service is the blessing of access. Because the more I serve you, the more I have access to you. And that is why the most powerful group of people are the people who are the aid to the big boys. You'll be surprised the amount of influence the guys that are serving inside the government house, the amount of power that they have. You'll be surprised. Especially if the boss likes them. You will be surprised. How many policies have been enacted because of the advice of somebody you will never know their name? You get the idea? The point I'm making is that when you serve the Almighty God the way you're supposed to serve Him, you have access. That's what the Bible tells us. Abraham. He said, can I do anything without talking to Abraham? Who is Abraham? But the Lord was consulting him. Why? Because Abraham was dedicated to serve. So one of the first blessings you get in service is the blessing of access. Then you have the blessing of defense. If you are serving me conscientiously, if you are doing everything to make me happy, I will do everything to make sure that you are protected, that no evil comes to you. That's what the Lord does. There's also the blessings of answered prayer. You are serving God faithfully. As soon as you call, He will hear you because you are in His service. Not only that, a blessing of honor. The Bible says that he who keeps the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he who waits on his master shall be honored. It's a very simple thing. The closer you are to God, the more you serve Him, the more God honors you. Not only that, there is that blessing of fresh anointing upon your head. He said, I have found David my servant. With my holy oil, I have anointed him. He will anoint you when you serve Him. Not only that, there is the blessing of health. He said, you shall serve the Lord, and He shall bless your bread and your water. So it's not the amount of money you have that determines your blessing. It's the hand of God upon what you have. That determines how blessed you are. So please understand. The service will ensure the blessings of good health. It will ensure also the blessings of provision. Divine provision. Because the Lord God Almighty said, He said, you shall serve the Lord. And He shall bless your bread and your water. And He will take away sickness from the midst of thee. Those are the benefits of service. You don't have to sweat for those things. 
These things come. As you serve the Lord, those things follow you. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew 6, 33. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He said, then every other thing will start running after you. That's why some people, when they go anywhere, the favor of God will be them. It's not because of anything. It's just that God Almighty will honor his word when you are involved, truly involved in his service. But for those who, for some reason, think that they don't want to be involved or refuse to be involved in the service of the Almighty God, what you find is that they stop the flow of grace over their lives. When service is absent in the life of anyone, the door of blessing is closed. The door of blessing is closed. Because when people want to bless you, is when they remember you. It's when you are in their presence. When they remember the thing that you have done for them, then they begin to think about you. The door of remembrance is open. But when service is absent in your life, when the only thing you are thinking about is me, 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 and me, you find that the door of blessings closed. Not only that, access becomes difficult. Because why should I entertain you when the only thing you know is you? The only thing that is important to you is you. If that is what is important to you, why should I entertain whatever you have to say? Access becomes difficult for a person who lacks the spirit of service. At the same time, favor becomes far away from that person. And let me tell you something, the difference, what makes a difference in every life is the favor of God that you enjoy. It's not how much you know. It's not how well connected you are. There are people who know, who are smart as whatever they want to call it. And they are as intelligent as you can imagine. For if they open their mouth, people get so irritated when they see them. How do you think that person will ever prosper? It's the mercy of God that will be upon that person. So favor is what makes a difference. And one of the easiest ways you can get access to favor is when you are involved in service. And that's why I counsel young people when I have the opportunity. If you have every opportunity to go into internship or to go into volunteer, volunteer for something. Raise up your hand for something. Don't think of what you are going to get from that particular service. By the time you give, you will find out that doors will open that you never expect open. You sow a seed that when the time comes, you begin to reap it. But you must be ready to give something. It is called priming. You have to be involved in service. You have to be involved in volunteering. Look at the people in the world. The Bible says that the children of this world are wiser than the children of the kingdom. Why? They do not for profits. They do volunteerism. They do all sorts of things. So that when people are talking about help, they remember them because you are there. You are telling me you don't have experience in a particular job. Go and volunteer for somebody. By the time you volunteer for that person, you have experience on your resume. You can tell them I volunteer for this person and do a solid job that it will appear as if they are paying you. When an opening comes in that company, eventually you have graduated or whatever. They say, ah, I remember that boy that came and volunteered in our company or did internship in our company the last time. Let's go and look for him. That's the way door open. Favor is far from anyone who is not willing to give anything. Favor is far. And that's why Jesus Christ said, he that wants to be great, let him be ready to serve. Because service is what opens the door. The question then is, how do you serve God so that you can attract the blessings of God into your life? How do you serve God effectively in this kingdom? Let's quickly go over You have to serve Him reverently. There is a service that is acceptable. There is a service that is not acceptable. The service acceptable in the presence of the Almighty God is a service that is done reverently. It's a service that is done passionately. It's a service that is done cheerfully. It's a service that is done honorably. And it's a service that is done 
unconditionally. Let me go over that again. The service that is acceptable in the presence of the Almighty God is a service that is done reverently. It's a service that is done passionately. It's a service that is done cheerfully. You are happy doing what you are doing. You are not doing it by force. It has to be done cheerfully. It has to be done honorably. In other words, you do this thing with integrity. Whether somebody is watching or somebody is not watching, you are doing it the way you are supposed to do it. You do it honorably. You do it unconditionally. How do you do all these things? How do you serve the Lord in a way that is acceptable? How do you serve Him? Let's look at Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2 verse 49, Jesus said, He said unto them, after they have been looking for Jesus when they went to Jerusalem for service, the Bible said that, and He said unto them, after they found Him in the temple after three days, He said, He said unto them, How is it that you seek Me? Know ye not that I must be at My Father's business? In other words, Jesus turned service into a means of supernatural breakthrough because he was committed and dedicated for you to make, for service to turn your situation around and turn your life around. You have to be committed and dedicated to that service. Not because you are trying to please any man, but because you have made up your mind that this is my father's work and I will do it diligently. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.